Welcome, welcome, welcome to another action-packed, fun-filled episode of A&B Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. And I am Bill. And let's get right into it. Cool. We're going to start off with today in sports history. This is a special Saturday episode of November 18th. Um, We're going to start off with 1949. The National League batting leader, Jackie Robinson, wins the National League MVP. And in 1970, future Hall of Famer boxer Joe Fraser knocks out defending champion Bob Foster in in the second round at the Cobo Arena in Detroit, Michigan for the WBA, WBC, and the ring heavyweight titles because boxing has a shit ton of organizations. We're going to fly through the Sixers uh, and the Flyers just because there's not much going on with them so far. Sixers are doing well. They're currently 9-3. and three. Um, Overall, I've been very happy with the performance. They are second in the Eastern Conference, uh, followed by the Celtics, who are 10-2. and two. So overall, we're looking pretty good. I'm very happy with how the Sixers are playing. I like how Max is playing. I like how Embiid's playing. I hope the one – who's the rookie that got hit by the car? Uh, um, not not the rookie, but it's uh, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, so that, Oubre. that's that's a whole thing too. That is too, but we – I don't know much about it. I didn't really research it too much besides, you know, he got hit by a car. Well, I'll I'll give a TLDR real quick. Sure. So, um, yeah, they said he got hit by a car. Um, mm-hmm. I – they went. He went to the hospital and everything for injuries, yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. Then the police were trying to find like the recording for it and they like the um, camera for it, yeah. And they couldn't. And one, I guess, someone leaked that it was a possible domestic violence thing. Ah. And then we found out that wasn't true because somehow TMZ got the ring um, mm-hmm. footage. Where yeah. Kelly Oubre is kind of like he has his bike and he's kind of like you know holding himself a little bit. And he walks in and he's like, "Yeah, I just got hit by a car to his girlfriend," and his girlfriend's like, "What?" Hmm. So it wasn't domestic violence, but yeah, that that's where it's left off is after the TMZ video. It's like, yeah, it wasn't domestic violence. He probably did actually get hit by a car. So it was a hit and run. Okay. Yeah. So well, more more information to come after that, but that's where we're at now with that. Fair enough. All right, moving out of the Sixers, we're going to go right into the Flyers, who are currently playing right now, by the way, against the Golden Knights. Guess the score, AJ. The Flyers? Yeah. Uh, 2-0. Who? Flyers. Yeah, they are. <clears throat> Bang. 13, Vegas, 13-3-1. The Flyers are 8-7-1. Mm-hmm. They're in the second period about 16 minutes in, and they already scored twice. Ooh, let me Over- actually... Go ahead. Good. Flyers right now, they're not doing terrible, about 50-50. Like I said, 8-7-1, and one, so technically 50-50 because it's an overtime loss. They're in the middle of the pack of the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they're pretty much tied up with the Devils and the Penguins right now in that area. Um, they aren't – they're winning against higher-level teams like the Hurricanes, the Kings, the Ducks, but then we do dumb shit and lose against the Sharks who were on a 12-game losing streak. I that told was you that was going to happen. I told I think you that it was, was a hiccup. Happen. It is what it is, but they bounced back from it pretty quickly, and they're not looking bad. I'm honestly very happy for them. Like I so, want to see them keep going. I have. Well, I sent this to you Thursday, and it's it's um, what the Flyers rank with with a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, goals for their six. Um, mm-hmm. what is this? Goals against their tenth. Goals shared eleventh. They're 31st in power play percentage. So that, like, that's they're always, the worst. 
in power I, play. I hate our power play. Always Look, will. Like if we had a better power play, we actually might have a significantly better record. Which I, I wholeheartedly me. agree. But the I mean, power play on our team is terrible because that's like always to, been you know, fucking bag it around like 10 times and then that's just... always been but yeah the, uh someone used this graph and they tweeted are the flyers the best worst team in the nhl yes, yes they are. pretty accurate pretty accurate um all right we're gonna get moving on from the flyers like i said we're gonna go right into mls because we are in the playoffs right now and sure enough philadelphia did make it to the semifinals they did win their second game against new england 1-0 and now they will be playing the number one seed again, Cincinnati, on November 25th at 8 o'clock on Apple TV. So I don't know how I'm going to watch that. Um, we got some time until that game. Actually, yeah, semifinals don't really start until the 25th or 26th. Um, I mean, I'm very excited to see our team go up there, hopefully get in, back into the MLS Cup again. Because if that's the case, then... Shit, we may have Philadelphia getting one of the first uh uh what's it called cups back finally. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Um Cincinnati's no slouch though. They're in the number one seed for a reason. We only uh what's it called? Tied them last time we played. But they did struggle against the number eight Red Bull New York on the second game and only winning in the shootout. So who knows? Hopefully Philadelphia get they have to only one game to play. Uh, otherwise, if we if Philadelphia wins, uh, they're either going to be playing against Orlando or I know I did this last week and I couldn't remember who the hell they were and Columbus. They have it's between one of those two. And then if after that, L.A. is still an option against them. They're playing against Seattle and then Houston and I forget SKC is St. Louis, if I remember Kansas City. Never mind Kansas City. So we may see us doing a rematch this year. Philadelphia versus LA. It'll be good. So here's the big shit. Formula One is currently in Las Vegas for the first inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix. It is a fucking mess. So here's how. So I've never really explained like how Formula kind of like race weekend works. Technically, race weekend usually starts on a Thursday. And Thursday and Friday are known as free practice. All the racers get to go out on the course, test the cars out, drive around, try tires, you know, like just get a feel of the course. Free practice one, whatever. Free practice two was a shit show. Free practice two had, um, because I'm sorry, let me backtrack just a little bit because this course is literally made on the strip. They had to, you know, repave the roads to uh, for FIA Formula One's like, you know, like organizers. They have to make sure the road is good, cover all potholes or bolt them down, you know, do all of these things to make sure the track is safe to drive on. Well, they fucked up. Um, there was a manhole that was popped up during one uh, during FP2 that knocked. Uh, Carlos Sainz's car, uh, all the underbridge of it got fucked up. So here's the worst part of it, too. They give the FIA, because of that car getting screwed up, they gave him a 10-grid penalty. Yeah. 
The FIA did that. And they tried to appeal it, and they denied it. They're like, no, you you messed up by getting in your own accident because we didn't do the uh, the track well enough. Good That's job. That's crazy. It's BS. So here's the next part, too. The track itself, or the FP2, people watch these things because they uh, people are interested. And usually you buy these three-day packages, you know, to watch everything go on. When he got into the accident, that was six minutes in. It was short. FP2 was in, out, done. So they were going to let them continue. Like afterwards, that was at two in the morning. And what they did was then removed all the fans from the stands. Because they were like, it's late. We don't want uh, people here anymore. Go home. Kick people out. They kept going into the net, like into 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever. The engineers had to, you know, keep working too. So it was uh, some wild shit. Qualifying wise, we have Leclerc at first, Charles Leclerc with Ferrari, and Verstappen in second, and then Russell Gasly. Like, otherwise, it's just like, you know, gonna be okay. The thing that sucks for Ferrari is this race was kind of important um, regarding second place. The, um, because Red Bull already has taken a driver's championship or a constructor's championship. But for Mercedes and Ferrari, Mercedes has 382 points. Ferrari has 362 points. They are down by 20. So, Leclerc basically has to win and hopefully, um, what's called Mercedes, shits the bed. And then they got a chance. Carlos has to get through 12 other racers to at least get in the top 10, four points. But Leclerc keeping first would be critical in order to take second or flip it in a second for the constructor's uh, standings. Lastly, going along with that, Mercedes and Aston Martin are, or no, I'm sorry, McLaren, because it was McLaren, Mercedes, McLaren and Aston Martin are also in a tight battle for fourth and fifth. Um, because McLaren has 282, Aston Martin has 261, mostly carried by Fernando Alonso. Um, but lastly, regarding this whole race, the track itself, Every driver hates it. Every single driver thinks it's boring. It's not fun. And it's just like, I would never want to come back. That's crazy. So Vegas inaugural isn't going well. And one last little tidbit I remember finding out recently too. Uh, one of the bridges that was like overpassing uh, the track where, you know, people like F1 was blocking all the views because, you know, money. One of the bridges failed a suspension test, so they had to close off the bridge. Jesus. The bridge is fine itself, but they couldn't have all the people standing on it, basically. So, Jesus. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm not watching this race because it's at 1 a.m. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It's probably gonna be a mess anyway, to be honest. I, I hope so, but I hope yeah. nobody gets hurt. That's all. Um, and last but not least, I just want to re- give a big old shout out to Lance Stroll for being in 19th. Not a boy. Yeah, Not a boy. Stay there. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to, uh, let's see if I can share my screen. 
It worked. Great. We're going backwards real quick. Uh, I know we're behind on this one before. You know what? We'll skip around because this is upcoming right now. Uh, Paul Craig. Don't care about any of this. Paul Craig versus um, Brendan Allen. This is the main event for today. It's literally going on in three hours. Uh, the main cards in three hours. Real quick, because I don't have much to talk about. Chase Hooper, let's hope you win, you skinny little bastard. I like you. You always were cool to watch. And that's it. Moving on. Uh, Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. This is actually going to be a pretty good fight. They are ranked 13th and 10th in the middleweight division. Stop doing this. UFC website, I hate you. No, um, Paul Craig, remember, has recently moved down from light heavyweight to middleweight. 17-6-1. Brendan Allen is currently 22-5. and five. Uh, Both coming off wins. Um, funny enough, they both beat the same guy. His name's Andre Munez. Beat the shit out of him, both of them. Um, and they have highlight videos for both of them on YouTube because they usually like to get people excited and then show those. So they both showed him beating him up. <laughs> so this is the classic grappler versus grappler situation. AJ, what happens when two grapplers fight each other? They beat the shit out of each other. Correct. You got it right this time. I'm learning. So the thing is, as much as I love Paul Craig, I I. I'm hoping I'm wrong when I say this because I'd rather be wrong. But I think Brendan Allen takes it because he has better striking. Paul Craig has not really had the greatest striking. He's won via TKO, but it's usually on the ground. His striking while standing is not my favorite. I think if he gets to the ground, I think Paul wins. But if it stays standing, Brendan Allen will win. Um, if you had to do a quick bet right now, take Brendan Allen via KO. But I would still take Paul Craig via sub. Uh, nah, actually, you could do, you. I would take either via knockout because it may go that way. But you double chance Paul Craig for knockout or sub, if anything. Brendan Allen, I would say knockout. Okay, so that was this fight coming up. We're going backwards now because me and AJ did watch this card uh, last Saturday, November 11th. The... Uh, to UFC 295, Jerry Prohaska versus Pereira. You will see spoilers if you watch the YouTube video whenever I get to making it. Um, listeners, love you to death. You won't get spoiled yet. Yeah, we're, we're trying. I'm trying. It's hard. Real quick, uh, Jared Gordon, way to win in your hometown. Very happy for you. Good job. This fucking fight right here. Velisha, uh, Velisha Love. Borshev, I'm just using his last name, yeah. versus <laughs> Saitov. What a fucking fight this was, AJ. This it is was. the one um, where we saw the three rounds of crazy chaos. The first round, it was all the man, uh, Borshev. The first round. Second round gets head kicked in the fucking face, as we yeah. already know, um, and gets knocked down by Sadev uh, Kiev. So they, yeah, whatever. And in the third round, comes back and starts striking like no other to save his fucking life. This actually, shockingly, was not a win or lose. This was a draw, and it deserved the fight in the night. Hell, it could even be a fight of the year. Honestly, best fight we one of the best fights we saw that night. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, we the fact really that we, we both bet on them too so we did. 
Oh, it really we did. We, 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 on that. I, we were screaming because we had a uh, Borshev to win in under two and a half rounds. Mm-hmm. So the second round, we were like, no, it's over. And then in the third round, he gets back up. We're like, for the love of God, do it. <laughs> oh. It was a good, very good way to start the prelims. Uh, skipping through this uh, just because he won via sub. Good job for Mateus. Mateus, there we go. Lupi uh, Gonides won via decision. Good for her. Give her a ranked opponent. And then uh, Steve Urkrig, good for him for winning via decision. Moving on into the top, uh, the main card, just flying right through. Um, Diego Lopes, Lopez versus Pat Sabatini. Um, this hurt a little bit because Pat Sabatini, you know, is from the area. So very, very sad to see the man lose. And mm. I hate this, not say spectacular fashion, but he got knocked out hard for that one. Um, Diego Lopez was looking real sharp. Um, if anything, give him probably another fighter and then take him to a ranked opponent afterwards if this streak is still going. Overall, there was a moment where it was actually looking good for Pat, but when they were getting out of a scramble, Diego just saw red and just had the perfect timing and finished Pat. Again, very big shame. I would like to see Pat continue to fight. I know he will, but props to Diego for winning. Moving on. Benoit Saint-Denis versus Matt Frivola. This was another quick one. I said it last week that Benoit, if, uh, or Saint-Denis, I'm just going like that, um, comes in hot. He's going to win. Sure as shit, he did. First round, he um, they were both on the ground, got back up. I think uh, Saint-Denis threw another head kick and, just, and then some strikes, knocked the shit out of Frivola. The end of that. He um, is now ranked, I believe it's 11th, and uh, let's see, 11th, yeah, 11th in the lightweight division. He's calling real high for, like, uh, Dustin Poirier. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get somebody, like, in the top, like, seven, maybe, like, six, I'd say nine, eight, or seven, maybe six, wherever Rafael Faziz is. I could see that, too, but I'm not sure where he's going to fight yet. Same thing with Favola. He's probably going to fight down for now and then hopefully work his way back up. Overall, a very quick, good fight with a first-round knockout at a minute and 31. Um, this was actually shocking. Jessica, not really, but Jessica Andre versus Mackenzie Dern. Um, two very, very great mixed martial artists. I love watching them fight. Um, Jessica came out because as if you follow her background at all, she's paying for a divorce right now and needed every bit of lawyer fee money that and she can get. As soon as delivered. you said that, as soon as you said that, immediately bet on her. Immediately bet on her. I did too. We, uh, what's it called? She came out um, and was able to get shots on Mackenzie where Mackenzie was just staying in the pocket too long. And at uh, during the second round, you could tell it was really affecting Mackenzie to where she just got dropped, and that was the end of her. So that's good for Jessica. Jessica definitely needs to still win a couple more fights to go back for the belt. But it was a great showing for her overall. Mackenzie's not done with the strawweight division. I know that. Give her a couple more fights, same thing. She may bounce back, and we may see them fight again later down the line. Moving on to the first of the inner, uh, the title b- bouts. Sergey Palvovich versus Tom Aspinall. 
This was one of the more exciting fights that I wanted to see. It was also stupid quick because it was also another round, one round knockout. Tom basically came off a two-week training camp, which barely involved him training much because he hurt his back. Um, and somehow was able to dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge through all the big, scary punches of Sergey, and was able to land beautifully on him and knock him out and take the heavyweight interim title bout. Uh, Sergey, God bless him, though, still scary man. He will definitely be defending that number one spot, number two or three, whatever he is, for a while. I think he deserves to fight anybody that needs to come up, kind of like a gatekeeper. Tom. He's in a weird spot right now because the UFC wants to have Stipe and John Jones fight for the heavyweight bout because they want to basically, they're both going to basically retire afterwards. If Jones win, he retires, Stipe is going to retire anyway. And then Tom's already going to be the heavyweight chip. Tom's calling out both Stipe and John Jones, but Jones is injured. So give him Stipe. I got no complaints about it. Just let it happen. But the UFC probably won't let that happen. Otherwise, moving on to the last but not least light heavyweight title bout. Jerry Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. And my God, that man scares the ever-living shit out of me. It's the face of a cold-blooded killer, but he is actually pretty funny, too. Um, This was another short one. In the second round at four minutes and eight seconds, Alex Pereira now claims the light heavyweight title, title and is one of the very few UFC fighters that has ever had um, was received gold in two different weight classes. He was the champ at middleweight, and he was the champ at now at light heavyweight. Uh, Jerry had very big struggles getting into the uh, into like you know striking range because Alex's calf kicks were fucking painful looking. Um, what's gonna happen now? If I understand, Alex Pereira is gonna fight Jamal Hill just because Jamal Hill also vacated the belt. Um, after that, Jerry is probably going to have to fight somebody else. Um, it's probably going to be the winner of Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker 2 or John Blahovis versus Alexander Rakich 2 because both of those fights end it in a weird way where they both have to redo it. Um, and then after that, Pereira can just reign for a little bit. Question is, how long is Alex going to want to reign? He's currently 36. He also did call out Israel Adesanya and also said to him, come to daddy. And basically, we may see Izzy move up to light heavyweight for this one. I don't know. We'll find out. But we'll, I'm not going to follow much on that one until Izzy's back in the ring again. Because he's taking a hiatus for the time being. Otherwise, that is all I have for UFC. Uh, Didn't really look over boxing this weekend. I haven't really kept it up on tabs. And yeah, that's about it. Nice. Yeah, this fight, the Pereira fight, um, I was so upset because I had the, uh, I took the wild, it was a $5 bet, wild bet for uh, Pereira to win by submission. I think it was like like plus 5,000 odds. But when he was up against the ring, he had him like in that that Yeah, he did for a second. I was just like, yes, come on, please. And he immediately let him go. I was like, God damn it, dude. He didn't have um, a good grip. No. But with that being said, those were actually some really fun fights. It was good yeah. to have to sit down and watch them. Um, just some updates uh, with the, the Phillies and, and baseball in general. 
Um, Philly's actually made some roster moves. Um, this was yesterday, November 17th, that they did it. Uh, they agreed on terms of contract uh, for the 2024 season with Jake Cave, uh, Dylan Covey, and Garrett Stubbs. Our boy Stubbs is back. Um, they also tender contract uh, five arbitration eligible players, uh, one of them being Alec Baum, Jeff Hoffman, Edmundo Sosa, uh, Gregory Soto, and Ranger Suarez. Um, they did not tender Josh Fleming. Um, so all those are really good, and I'm kind of happy about that, um, especially Stubbs, obviously Baum, um, and a few others. Uh, Jake Cave needs to kind of pick his shit up a little bit. Um, he was all right during the season as a backup, but not good enough for me to be fully into um, possibly something after this year, like next year. Um, so Otani is obviously a free agent. Um, and it's the sweepstakes to figure out who gets him. The prevailing theory is that the Braves sign him, which I'd be so friggin' pissed about. Um, but on the other end, obviously, Phillies have been linked to him and other people, but the Dodgers um, are very aggressive. Um, well, this is what uh, a source says. The Dodgers will be very aggressive looking to sign the two-way superstar Otani um, Mike Tr- and Mike Trout uh, via trade. So... Looks like they're willing to give up their best prospects in exchange for uh, landing Trout and Otani. So we'll, we'll see about that. Um, pretty much the prevailing story is that the Angels will not have either of them, um, especially I don't think they even sent a qualifying offer to Otani anyway. Um, so curious to see where that goes in that respect. But the Phillies do not get um, Otani. They are linked to a, a stud pitcher um, in Japan, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, in the last three seasons, um, in the last three seasons in the Pacific League, um, he went 18 and five with 1.39 ERA and two under six Ks. In 2022 season, 15 and five, 1.6 ERA, two under five Ks. In the last season, 16 and six, 1.21 ERA and 169 Ks. He was also one of the uh, the other aces that pitched with Otani um, in the World Baseball Classic, oh, and okay. the uh, the Phillies are linked to them heavily. So if we get him, I think that him and Wheeler would be absolutely disgusting. It would be a significant improvement, um, but it's 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 another sweepstakes. So we'll have to see if we get him. Um, honestly, this MLB all season is going to be very crazy. I'm excited for it because there's a lot of big names and a lot of uh, changes. Um, yeah. uh, no, but sadly, um, people don't think the Phillies are signing Nola, obviously, but the Braves are a possible landing spot for him, which I'm, ah, which, okay. which would suck. Cause I know, yeah. I know for a friggin' fact, if he goes to the Braves, he's dicing us up. He's dicing us oh, up. Absolutely. It's yeah. going to be one of those games. Um, moving on to football. There was some, uh, Sunday night football stuff. Um, shout out to JJ. <laughs> How do you Zacharyson? That's his Twitter handle, but he does a lot of after Sunday. Uh, looks at a lot of the data and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I kind of like to give him a shout out while I'm using his numbers. But Miles Sanders uh, played forty percent of the Carolinas' offensive snaps this week, uh, which was doubled from the two previous games. Um, mm-hmm. But he's still the backup. Chuba Hubbard's still the guy. Um, DJ Moore in Week Five had forty nine. PPR points just that one game uh the five games since he's had 49.3 PPR points so huge drop off 
Uh, Fields is coming back, so he should have a, a bigger, excuse me, production with that. Yeah. Same with uh, Darnell Mooney. So we'll see how that goes because that offense was humming before he got hurt. Um, so I'm curious to see if he hops right back in and gets the offense going or if it takes, takes yeah. him a little bit. No, excuse me. Um, so Ramondre Stevenson, he had he played 68% of England's uh, snaps, and um, he's now hit a 14% uh, percent plus target share in each of the last five games, so that's good for him, getting the volume yeah. he needs. Um, Amari Cooper, in games where Deshaun Watson plays the majority of Cleveland's snaps, he has 17.6 PPR points. In games without yeah, Watson, okay. he has nine. And Watson is out no. for the season. So oh, shit. For your, all the That's Amari Cooper. Yeah, for all the Amari Cooper. I'm a big fan of the rookie that they have right now playing for this week. Um, yeah. DTR. The only issue is that when he, when Watson, he was supposed to play, uh, it was against the Ravens. Um, he was supposed to play against the Ravens. And then last second, like the game is about to start. Last second, uh, he gets, he goes out. They throw in the rookie. And throwing in a rookie with no preparation against one of the best NFL defenses, the man threw like three picks and everything. Um, in preseason, he looked really good. And I, I mean, I can't really doubt him for that outside of maybe, you know, protecting the ball a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but with Deshaun Watson out, DTR is in line to start this week. He has some preparation, but he's going up against the Steelers defense. So it's another tough task yeah, uh, to ask the rookie. So we'll see how he performs with some preparation. I don't think he, as as high as I am on him, I don't think he really, you know, blows anything away. But he's definitely not doing the three picks again. Um, but Amari yeah. Cooper um, and Elijah Moore, people, um, be wary about starting them. Um, if you still, if you still can, um, this at, for our uh, keeper league. This is our last week for trades. Make sure if you can poss- possibly trade away Amari Cooper, get some pick uh, some players for that stuff like that, or hold on to him and risk the biscuit. Um, that's my thoughts on the the whole thing. So also, Tank Dell uh, scored between nine and twenty PPR points for the first time in Week Ten. Before it was either nine and less or twenty and more. There was no in between for nine weeks. That's crazy to me. And this week he finally did. Um, he's seen target shares of 28.9% and 35.9% over his last two games. If you can go out and trade for him, especially in Dynasty, I would highly recommend it. The kid's an absolute stud. And him with, um, uh, not Bryce Young, I'm, I'm like CJ Stroud and Nico Collins, like that's going to be a fun offense to watch. They just need to get Damian Pierce healthy. He's out again this week. So once they get that run game going, it's going to be a scary offense to watch. Um, and then last but not least, uh, Deontay Johnson, um, had 18.2% target share today or, um, uh, Sunday and scored (laughs) 2.7 PPR points. That is his lowest single game PPR total since week eight. Um, that I think that's an outlier, but I, I don't know. I don't think Kenny Pickett's the guy I really do. I really want him to succeed. He, He seems like a really cool individual. But this man hasn't thrown for more than like one t- touchdown in like, I think he's I th- I think CJ Stroud has passed him at this point. Mm. Um, I think CJ Stroud also has passed him on his passing yards. And Kenny Pickett's been in the league for this is this is his second year. So, um, 
so those were some kind of cool things. I know there was, let me see if I can find it. Cause there was a uh, Sac Charbonnet one that I want to, here it is. Um, so Kenneth Walker is the running back for Seattle. He's the RB one. He does get most of the, uh, the work to be honest um, in their last game. Let me pull it up here. If I could find Seattle. Yeah. In their last game, Kenneth Walker ran for 19 carries 63 yards um, and a reception that went 64 yards for a touchdown. Um, but with that being said, Zach Charbonnet, the backup, outsnapped Kenneth Walker, making it the third straight game that's happened. Um, so that I'm, most of it's like blocking. So Charbonnet is really good at blocking. So whenever they do pass plays, he's in there for for a pass pro. Um, the only issue is that it so far hasn't seen the to cut into Kenneth Walker's production. Um, but NFL defenses will notice that, so they'll they'll kind of hone in on the run when Kenneth Walker's in there, hone in on the pass when Charbonnet's out there. Um, but Charbonnet's looked really good, like really, really good. So we'll see if they start giving him more opportunities. All right, moving on to uh, this week. Um, obviously, this is a, a Saturday uh, podcast. Um, this is going out the same day, too, so I'm excited for that. Um, but Thursday night happened, and that was an absolute slugfest that ended up in way too many injuries, way yeah, too did. many. Um, with those injuries being Joe Burrow and Mark Andrews out for the season. Uh, Joe Burrow, it was something in his wrist. I forget yeah, the exact thing. Yeah, he threw but... it, and he was just, like, wincing in pain. Mm-hmm. On the sidelines, he threw it, and he screamed because he knew it was probably, that was yeah. probably it. Probably um, tore something, like a ligament. Yeah, unfortunately. And that's, that's a, it, like, the league's better when their stars are playing, and when multiple stars go out in one game, yeah. it hurts. Um, yeah, so... It, Baltimore won that game 34 to 20. Um, it was a torn it, ligament. Yeah, so he'll have to get surgery on that. But um, it was it was a slugfest even before that. Even Lamar yeah. Jackson looked like he was going to be hurt for a second. And it was like, this game is just from hell, dude. Um, but so that game was actually really fun. It was even though the Bengals were five and five, like with Burrow, they were starting to like yeah. get momentum. They do this every year. They start zero and three, and all of a sudden they'll be in the playoffs like a powerhouse team. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny to me. Um, but moving on to uh, tomorrow's Sunday slate, there's a lot of games that are going to be like, um, like, what's the hot word? take? Uh oh, the Raiders will upset the Dolphins. Yeah, you said this, and I'm. What makes you think that? I'm just being uh, uh, what's called spiteful for our friend who's a Dolphins fan. That's (laughs) literally the only reason. I would say I would let that ride, but it's the Dolphins at home, and they only win at home this season. That's true. So so I don't think this will be the first of the Raiders win. I'm calling him. Raiders beat the Dolphins at home this week. You have to play the lottery. You have to. Like, there's no other thing about it. Um, What's the line for it though? Actually. Let me pull it up. Uh, football, please. I don't want college football. I want NFL. NFL football. So the Raiders, oh, their money line is plus uh, six tw- uh, 625. I'm taking that. All right. If I Sounds have the money. Good. I Actually, I cannot deposit any more money in. So if there's nothing in there for a free bet, then I can't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Um, but... I'm still doing it if I have it. I, but I do think there's a lot of games that, like, people are going to get smacked. Like, Dallas versus Carolina. Seven cents. You, hey, you can do it. Yeah. Well, what is the actual payout? Is that, like, 20 Oh, wait, bucks? I received a bonus bet. Let's see. Hang on. 
Uh, I need to check my location first. Give me one. Keep going. Keep going. To make sure you're in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that like Dallas versus Carolina. Dallas is gonna smoke Carolina. Bryce Shelton mm-hmm. is gonna go up against the defense that's gonna be salivating to get him. Um, the only really fun game, well, is uh Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. Um yeah. Pittsburgh is the most mid six and three team I've ever seen in my life. Kenny Pickett, like I said, let's let me look at this. He's thrown for more than one touchdown pass only once, and that was against Las Vegas. And he has one, two, three, four games where he hasn't even thrown a touchdown pass. Damn. And their and their team. So what I can say about Kenny Pickett is he doesn't turn over the ball like at all. True. I think he only has what four interceptions this season. And he's thrown for like the first his first week, he threw 46 times. Um he's thrown at least uh 28 plus um or 25 plus what is this one two three four five six times so like he doesn't turn over the ball i'll give him that but you have deontay johnson and and uh george pickens like you should be you should be passing and or getting a lot more passing yards and touchdowns um analogy harris even though he's been you know he's been relegated to the backup he's still playing really well like really really well um, the past two games, he's went uh, 16, 69, and a touchdown. And then last week was uh, 16, 82, and a touchdown, um, both with high yards for carries, which has been like his biggest thing. So honestly, I think Jalen Warren's only making Najee look better. And the later in the season he goes, he's a bruiser. So that's probably going to be the most fun game to watch because you got Chicago and Detroit. I actually think this is probably going to be maybe an upset. Um, but Detroit's looking really good. Um, it really depends on how Fields is coming back into it. If the offense does start humming again with him. Um, but moving on to, I think the biggest upset, well, I say upset. I think the biggest upset is going to be the Jets versus the uh, Bills. I think the Jets take that. I do. I can say I, it. Um, but... Let's go on to probably what's going to be the most fun game out of the whole week. Bot, no bias at all. Um, Kansas City versus oh, yeah, uh, totally. Philly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I no bias because realistically looking at the slate, this is probably going to be the most fun yeah. game. I was going to say it's revenge week. Mm-hmm. Um, so Philly goes into Kansas City this week. Um, and if there is ever a time to beat Kansas City at home, it's this it's season. Now. I think that they just have not looked that good. Like they're they're definitely one of the top teams in the league. Yeah. But Mahomes this year, he has he's thrown for eight interceptions, seven touch uh, seventeen touchdowns. Um this man last season he threw forty one touchdowns, season before thirty seven, mm-hmm. season before that thirty eight. Um he just has not looked like his superstar self. And it's crazy they still putting up these numbers. Yeah. But him but Jalen Hurts is, is just played better than him this whole season. Um, I'm curious to see what our game plan is. Like, are we going to come out with the run heavy, try to keep them off the field? Are we going to attack them in the air? Because this Kansas City defense is probably their best defense they've ever had in like the past at least 15 years. Um, They're absolutely stacked. Uh, They get a turnover every single game, which is crazy to me. Um, So it really depends on... And the Eagles are, for some reason this year, love turning the ball over, which we cannot ha- have happen. Nah, and he's getting up. Um, but Jalen Hurts is looking 
a lot healthier with the knee bruise than he did. He's not wearing the yeah. uh, he's not wearing the knee brace. Um, he's a little bit more uh, jovial. He said that he said that this bye week couldn't have happened at a better time. Like he's he's actually feels refreshed and everything. So yeah. we're, we're we're at least going to get a ninety five percent Jalen Hurts in this game, and I think that's kind of like where the the win happens. Yeah. Um, looking into this game, the uh, the Eagles are underdogs for the I think the first time all season. Um, at plus one twenty four, over under is forty five. I would take those odds too. Uh, over under is forty five. Definitely take the over on that. And the spreads plus three, or uh, minus three Chiefs. Um, ooh, excuse me. Honestly, yeah, I would definitely take the money line on the Eagles. Money line on the over. Probably parlay that. Um, anytime touchdown score, I would take. Travis Kelsey's minus one ten. I don't know. I mean, he's he's definitely gonna probably score a touchdown. He's like their best receiver. Uh, Pacheco's plus one ten. That's not bad. Um, I would probably look towards more Rasheed Rice. Uh, he's plus two forty or Devontae Smith at plus two forty as well. And if you're getting want to get real saucy, Patrick Mahomes. He's a uh, he's plus three ten. But where Mahomes is normally like the big shifty like. He'll find a way to get into the end zone. He does not have a rushing touchdown this season. Really? At all. Where, what was it? Let me pull up last season's. Um, where last season's, he had uh, four, yeah, which is the most. <laughs> Say hi. Hi, Trey. You're on the podcast now. Look at me on the podcast. <laughs> I'm AJ's grandmother. Yes, she is. <laughs> you're supposed to all say, oh, you don't look like a grandmother. Who's all? This, they can't speak back. This is a podcast. I know, but when they see it, that's what they're supposed to say. All right. Hi, that's... Billy. Hi, Trey. <laughs> Hi, Trey. All right. How was last night? Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you about it after the podcast. Uh, um. Yeah, so... <laughs> That's my grandmother, y'all. She's a sweet girl, sweet individual. I don't even know what she's doing over there now. But yeah, last year, last year he only had four rushing touchdowns. Um, well, not only that was the most he's had, and this year he had, he's had zero. So that this week might be the week. Um, but yeah, if anything, I would definitely take money line and the over. Um, it's it's going to be a fun game. But um, outside of that, I just wanted to bring up one thing: um, Corbin Carroll. And Gunnar Henderson uh, unanimously won NL and AL Rookie of the Year. And when Corbin Carroll received his, his sister wasn't – he couldn't make it, like was, was not in the room with them. Mm-hmm. So they FaceTimed her and put her on screen. <laughs> I thought that was a little funny thing. Um, and lastly, too, the Braves um, are awarded the 2025 All-Star Game in Atlanta. Um, they actually got theirs rescinded in 2021 for no reason. The owner just mm-hmm. took it away from them. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm I'm excited for this slate of games. Um, I'm definitely sure there's going to be some upsets, and definitely we'll post. Oh, you know, <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, definitely post. Uh, you know what kind of bets we take. But I think the best bet. Oh, well, since that's Monday, let me let me find us a bet for uh, for today. That's not Oakland. Um, or for Sunday. Um, honestly, I might parlay a few of these. I might parlay. Honestly, I I would I want the Chargers to win this, but the way their season's going, I think the Packers go and take this because they're at home. So I'll I'll probably parlay the Packers. Um, 
I don't think the Giants take it. I'm not going to do that. Uh, honestly, I, I'll probably parlay the Packers and the Bears for a little underdog. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But hey, you got anything else, Bill? No, nah, I got nothing. All right. Well, thank you all for the patience. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy this little Saturday uh, shindig that we posted up for us. Please reach out to us um, at AB Sports Media on our Twitter um, and reach out to us at our email, Bill and AJ Media at gmail.com. Um, again, my name is AJ. Bill. Sorry, and I'm Bill. I had a big brain fart there. My bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's, that's a great way to end it. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>